0: you're listening to trucking questions from the audio road with kevin rutherford
1: this is the show that puts the money where it belongs back in your pocket
0: you can ask questions about trucks money fuel mileage maintenance tires tax technology or anything else about the business of trucking here we go let's head on down the audio road
2: Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. If you've got questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, well, you've come to the right place. That's what we do here. We take your calls and we answer your questions about all of those things and many more. Anything that has to do with business, money, your life self-improvement, your health, whatever it might be. We'll tackle it here on the air. All you have to do is join us. I'm going to get to those calls in just a little bit. A couple things I want to talk about. Last weekend, I went on a little bit of a rant, and I do that once in a while, talking about uh, a lot of different things, but the government, the industry, our ignorance of business in the industry, and. I thought it was a good show. We had lots of good feedback. I asked some people to call in who, if they were in favor of more regulation around rates in the industry. And and rather than debate them, I just asked them questions. And I thought it went really well. We had a lot of people who called in who I would disagree with, but I, I respected their opinions and they made good points. And I think good discussion like that helps us all learn. And I love the fact that when we have shows like that, it gets all the haters riled up as well. So I I got several emails and I posted one of them about how I, I should just go away. Everybody would be better off if I would just go away because I'm just an angry man. And I thought, that's interesting because I'm probably one of the least angry people you'll meet most of the time. I'm pretty upbeat, optimistic, positive, but but I am angry. And when I read that, I thought, you know what? He's right. I am angry. I am angry about some very specific things. I'm angry about what's to our country. I'm angry that we I used to say we're becoming a country of mediocre, but we're not even mediocre anymore. I have a hard time finding people who are mediocre, much less excellent. We are really letting our standards slide. It's been going on for a long time, and it does make me angry. And if you look around at our country and our government, there are lots of things to be angry about. Now, well, let's set that aside for a second. Let's just look at our industry, because the whole country and the government, I could go on all day about that. Let's just look at our industry. And and the lack of standards and what we accept in this industry, yeah, that makes me angry. But there's nothing wrong with anger if you use it in a positive way. I'm not just running around whining and complaining. I'm proposing solutions. How do we make the industry better? It's what I work on every day. So, yes, when I look around, I am angry. And any sane person should be. We should be outraged that we've allowed our standards to slide this far. And we have to start turning it around by looking in the mirror first and saying, what can I do to be better? What can I do to lead by example? You know, it, it, let me just give you an idea of the image of a truck driver I grew up with. I, I'm third generation. My grandfather was an owner-operator when the seats, and this is not an exaggeration, were wooden benches, and you measured trips across the country in weeks, not days or hours. My father was an owner-operator on and off and a a truck driver his entire life, but the image I had was my father, And, and when you saw the way he went to work every single day, my father never owned a pair of jeans. He didn't go to work in jeans. He went to work in in dress pants and polished shoes and button up shirts with the sleeves rolled perfectly every time. That's how he went to work every single day driving a truck. I was always amazed how when he came back, he looked just as clean as when he left. And my dad was a hands on kind of guy. He wouldn't send the truck into the shop if something was wrong. He would just fix it himself. And, and managed to stay clean because he always had a pair of coveralls and gloves. And that was the image of a truck driver that I grew up with. And when I would go to work with him, all of his friends who were truck drivers were the same way. That's what I expected. Then I got in the industry and got out on the road and I was horribly disappointed. That's not what I saw. And every year I saw less and less professionalism. And you look around today in our industry, and I'm just not happy with what I see. I'm angry, but I'm using that anger in a way to turn things around, to be positive about making a change. And we can, it'll take a long time. I think we've already made a change. And I'm just going to continue doing that. So, yeah, if you want to send me emails saying I'm angry, you're right. I am. I'm angry about some very specific things, and I'm going to use that anger to help change them. So, if it bothers you, I really don't know why you just don't change the channel. I, I, that One of the things I just don't understand about people, if there's somebody that I absolutely disagree with their points, I can't listen to them. I've tried. I just can't do it. I don't know how people who have such a strong disagreement with my ideas continue to listen over and over. I think it's a form of insanity. Uh, one other thing. I, I've been talking a lot about uh, health, fitness, Those kind of things. We're going to keep talking about that. And I've been working on some testing, both Lisa and I, and actually the whole Let's Truck team. We're testing fitness bands. We're testing sleep devices. We're testing websites and apps to help you live a healthier life. Uh, We've got a podcast going on about it, Destination Health Every Friday with Kim from the Let's Truck team. I think I'm going to be on that show this week uh, talking about some of my results. But the the idea that I want to let you know is that health and fitness can now be just like our business. And what I mean by that is. I've often talked about running the business by the numbers because it works so well. You've heard me say, look, just start tracking your fuel mileage and it will get better. And you don't even have to change anything. Well, that doesn't make any sense, but it works. And you know what? Health is the same way. We now have this, these cool technologies, the fitness bands. I didn't think they were going to make that much of a difference, but they have changed the way I think all day long. They measure your activity. They measure your steps. They can monitor how long you're sitting still and not getting up. They can give you, uh, uh, they can buzz or vibrate on your arm if you want to get up every 20 minutes or whatever the number is. But what I found, one of the most interesting things I found when I started tracking my daily activity and daily steps is it, all of a sudden that information is right in front of me. And I can also see how many calories I'm burning. And I'm thinking, wow, little things really make a difference. My, my thinking about my day has changed 180 degrees. Here's what I used to think. If I was sitting at my desk and I was going to go upstairs for something, I would stop and think, okay. I'm going to be upstairs. What can I do while I'm up there? I want to be really efficient. If I'm going to make a trip up there and take that time, I want to make sure I get everything done. Same thing if I were going to go outside to the store. I try to be really, really efficient with my movement, thinking that it was saving me time and I'd be able to get so much more work done. Well, now that I'm watching the activity on this band, I'm doing the exact opposite. Now, if I go up the steps, I only do one thing and come back down. Because in 15 or 20 minutes, I'll go back up again because I can see how much more activity I can get in a day just by changing those behaviors and how many more calories I burn. And you know what? I still get just as much work done. So my thought of being so efficient with my time really wasn't gaining me anything. And being being more aware of my activity is gaining me something. I'm getting much more fit just by making small changes. You know, I I like to graze when I eat, meaning I don't like to just sit down and eat a big meal and then wait four or five hours and eat another one. I like to eat almost all day long, little bits and healthy food. So I try to leave out, you know, vegetables and hummus or nuts or something good to snack on and and do that most of the day. Then I do like a, you know, good substantial hot meal. But I used to put, whatever I was going to graze on right on my desk, it's efficient, you know, and I won't overeat and overeating really isn't a problem for me. So I didn't worry about that, but now I leave it in the kitchen because if I want another bite, I have to get up and walk to the kitchen. It is absolutely amazing how it, it changed the way I think and my activity level has changed dramatically. And it's also amazing to see, you know, my best day, I think I had over 16,000 steps in a day. And on my worst day, I think I was around 7,000. Big, big difference. And if you're paying attention, and and there are days where I'll look at the end of the day, I, I won't be happy with my steps. I'll go take one more walk with the dog. It's just little things like that that can make a huge difference over time. Numbers and data to me, I'm a junkie, but it helps me. Stick around when we get back, we'll get to your calls. The website is letstruck.com. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. We're going to get right to the phone calls. Let's head off to California. Adam, welcome to the program.
0: Hey, good afternoon, Kevin. I was just calling to run my check my numbers for last year.
2: All right. Good let's product. take a look because I've got your business report up here in front of me. looks like uh, all miles. Ran uh, about a hundred and sixty-eight thousand miles. Nice busy year, and oh, yeah. even better on all those miles. If we track every mile you put on the truck against your revenue, you made a dollar eighty-nine a mile for all miles. That is fantastic. So if we look through your expenses, uh, your fixed costs are relatively high, but oh, yeah. not not compared to your revenue though, and that's okay. You know, if you had fixed costs like this, but you were leased to a carrier, you know, on a mileage contract, you would struggle because <laughs> these costs would just be too high. But yeah. with the new of $1.89 a mile, these are in line. Now, just to let everybody know, part of the reason your fixed costs are much higher is because you have your own authority. Insurance yeah. is part of, the, you know, you, you have to pay for more things. So that's a part of it. Now your fuel cost, you're doing excellent on. We're down a fifty-one cents a mile. Uh, maintenance cost is getting better. It's at twenty cents a mile. And if we look at the bottom line, uh, there's there's a couple numbers I really like, which is your total uh, net revenue. Uh, you got to keep sixty-three thousand dollars for the year. That's fantastic. The the right. per mile net and the percentage of revenue isn't where I'd like to see it, but it's been improving over time. So you, the future looks really bright. I think 2015 is going to be a great year. You haven't had your authority that long. How, how long has it been now?
0: Uh, I've actually had my authority since uh, 10 or 11, 11. Okay. I've had it since yeah. 2011.
2: And when did you start on this run that you're on now? Because you kind of do the Uh, same thing, right? Yeah. uh, July of of
0: 2013.
2: Got it. Okay. So since then, and that's kind of when I really started watching your numbers with you. Every time you call, your numbers are getting better. And for the year, the numbers really look good and all the trends are positive. My guess is, this is going to be one of those operations that when you get things nailed down, you are going to be somewhere in the range of 75 cents a mile net. And well, you'll be looking at 100,000 plus in revenue.
0: Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, Okay, I'm sorry. I thought I lost you. Um, once I, I have a little less than two years left to pay off the truck trailer and uh, a credit card that I'm paying off when I used to use for fuel. And that's going to free up over $7,000 a month.
2: Yeah, that's and, huge. And less,
0: it, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And the reason I was calling to see that is, um, you know, we, uh, my wife and I, we opened up another account with Provincations and started doing our personal stuff uh, for my wife because she just finds it easier to do it that way. And I, I just wanted to make sure that opening up the LLC paid off for what we were trying to do.
1: Yeah, you know
2: it. It we might have jumped the gun just a little, but I'd rather be early than late because if if you didn't have the LLC this year, taxes would have been pretty close either way. But I I can certainly see in twenty fifteen, you absolutely are going to need it. It's going to save you probably five to ten thousand dollars in tax this
3: year.
0: Okay, that's that's all I was worried about, because when I started looking at the numbers and, you know, what we were talking about for an LLC, I got I got worried about it. Not really worried, just, you know, thinking that, you know, I was barely pushing that 60 grand mark this year because of the new truck. And, you know, uh, the because, you know, once once we get once we start doing the taxes with you and we'll we'll be able to exactly see what's going on exactly for the year and what we can write off and what we shouldn't and. And, uh, you know, we're we're still working on the Dave Ramsey program and everything, too.
2: Excellent. Hey, and, you know, what was good about this was you do call on a regular basis. We go over the numbers and, and it's so easy then to see what's happening. You know, we didn't have to wait until you hit the number and then try to play catch up. We can see it coming because we look at your numbers every month. We see the trends and we knew this was good timing. And Like I say, we may have jumped the gun just a little bit, but I think it worked out good. It's kind of a wash this year, but you're already all set up and operating that way. So 2015, it's going to save you a ton of money.
0: And uh, also, the what, uh, do you have an idea when you guys are going to start watching the, the accounting stuff for you guys? Uh,
2: yeah, well, we're not sure when we're going to open it up completely because the, the plan was we open it up on a very limited basis and we want to work out all of our systems. And there isn't rather than, say, a date, you know, we're going to launch on this date. I, I don't want to launch till we have it all right. And I don't know right. when, that's gonna, when I feel confident that, you know, we have enough people for customer service. We have the systems all worked out. And, and that we'll be able to provide the level of service we want to and the same thing we demand from everybody else. So I don't want to put a date on it. I'm just going to say we're, we're working through it in, in kind of a beta version. And when I'm confident we can do this right, that's when we'll release it.
0: Okay. Well, the, the reason I was asking is, you know, according to what I understand about the list that you have, I'm somewhere between 13 and 15. And I wasn't sure if you were you were still taking the 25 or 50 that you said you were going to start with.
2: Well, we are, but we're taking them in batches. So if you're that high up on the list, we should be getting to you pretty quick.
0: Oh, okay. I, I appreciate the time.
2: All right. Good talking to you. We'll uh, talk to you again next time. Let's go to Texas. Sean, welcome to the program.
0: Hey, Kevin. I have a comment, a complaint, a report, and a question for you. Wow, shoot. By uh, comment, I got my wife a Fitbit uh, for Christmas, and she noticed that she was uh, getting about four and a half hours of sleep. Uh, she stopped drinking wine, and now she's sleeping eight hours a night. Uh, you so know, it, it really it, affecting her, uh, her sleep cycle.
2: The, the, I, I didn't even talk much about the sleep data uh, because we're also testing sleep devices. And what I've learned about my sleep is absolutely amazing. Little things all day long that affect the quality of my sleep. If I work out too late in the day, you know, some days I don't get up early enough and I've got to get ready to work and I don't have time. So I figure, all right, when work's all over, I'll go to the gym. By the time I finish and get to the gym, that late workout absolutely interrupts my sleep that night. I, I wake up a lot more often. So I've, I've got to get my workouts in early in the day, and I've learned dozens of things like that. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Well, my complaint is you're only having one hour today. I wish you had two, but anyway, Um All right. I uh I called last week. I put a fleet air filter on my Freightliner Cascadia, and yeah. it's still too early to give you numbers. I'm going to give you a 45-day report because I'm about to get an overhead after that, so Okay, um, good. I'm definitely up a lot because I run central dedicated Texas. I run about six different roads. So I know the fuel economy, all the roads, and every single one is up dramatically. Um, I don't yeah, want to give know, any numbers right now, but I'll, I, it's close to a half mile per gallon.
2: You know what's interesting? Because I used to do this all the time, too. I, I always said, you know, we do our numbers 30 days before, 30 days after. Then I'll report it. But I was like you, I knew the number on my truck so well that almost within days, I could tell you if something was showing positive results or not, but I would still want to wait for the 30 days, but I would do the same thing. I'd come on and say, you know, I know this number isn't the one we use, but I can already see that I'm up by this. And again, when you know your fuel mileage inside now, you are able to see the changes much
0: quicker. Yeah. The horsepower, I don't, I can't, well, my scan gauge doesn't say I'm registering any more horsepower, but my throttle response and the torque, instant torque, is amazing. I mean, I, I definitely can feel it. Um, I mean, I don't run, yeah. I run 53 typically at 1150 RPM, and getting yeah. that low of an RPM, I have that, I don't, I don't, it doesn't fall flat as early. Um, even at yeah. 900 RPM, that's still, there's a lot of torque there. But uh, my That's... question is I am considering selling this truck, which I talked about last week, but I'm also thinking about going to keep it for five more years. It's leased onto a carrier, so I have a ten year restriction. But um, I'm thinking I talked to Diesel Tech and they offer um, the elite and tuning for this engine, and they have a custom, they have a client in San Antonio that now does them. Um, if they were to remap my ECM delete or basically they'll block off the EGR and, you know, disable the, uh, the DPS, leave it there. So it looks like I have it on. Um, well just having the DPS hauled out, make my truck louder or should I think about trying to get a muffler inside of it? Uh, just to keep the noise down.
2: I don't think you're going to have to worry about the noise. Um, you know, there's a lot going on on that. Exhaust system. Today's trucks are so well insulated and- I just don't think you're going to see any problem with noise. Now I, I'm going to—I've got to get to a break, but I'm going to put you on hold. I don't think noise is your issue, but I do want to talk about what I think the issue is, and we'll do that right around the corner. Don't go away. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. I'm going to go back to Texas. Sean, you still with me? Yes, sir. All right. So I, I want to talk about a couple of things. I got an email the other day, somebody asking me um, why I would associate with a company like Pittsburgh Power, who was breaking federal law by uh, altering the emission systems on trucks. And I thought, well, you know, I was recommending it. Um, I I just got to the point where I didn't think there was any good relief. I thought what they did to our industry was criminal. What they did to owner operators with these trucks was criminal. And a, at some point, I realized we can't change the industry. We're never going to stop this. And you know what? I'm okay with doing what I have to do to run the business right. And And if people want to judge me on that, then judge me. Now, when did I change my tune? I changed my tune when there turned out to be negative consequences to doing this. See, what I was saying a year ago or two years ago was, hey, look, if you've got one of these trucks and it's killing you, if we can you know, delete these systems, reroute these systems, it will make everything better. And if that's what it takes to save your business, then that's what you should go do. Well, we know the EPA cracked down. Pittsburgh Power has been through the gamut. They, they've been audited, fined. They've had to spend tons and tons of money to test all of their products, and they're now doing that. So now am I recommending that people still alter their emissions? No. But it doesn't have anything to do with ethics or morals. I, I, you know, I think I'm clear on my position as far as the ethics and the morals go. The reason I'm saying don't do it now is because I think there's too much risk. We've heard stories and, and I have verified them of shops saying the, the emissions have been altered on this truck and we are not allowed to release it until they're fixed.
0: Yeah, that's if, my big concern about, you uh, know, I'm going to go to Detroit, get all my work done and then get it done afterwards. And I have a lot of local shops I take it to. But, uh, well, you
2: know, and, so sorry. let me just say that, you know. If you understand the risk and you're willing to take it, then that's fine. Um, I might do it myself personally, but I I have to be more careful about what I recommend on the air. I have to make sure if I say that, that people understand the risk they're taking. And, And again, I just want you to understand what it is, and then you can make the decision on whether it's worth it or not. Right now, it seems like the odds of getting caught are still kind of slim, but is that going to get worse? Are they actually going to start having, you know, other authorities do roadside inspections for this kind of stuff? I don't know. But if that were to happen, you know, the risk of spending $10,000 to get it done properly and then spending another fifteen to reverse it if something happens, that's a lot of risk. So I, I just want to make sure people are aware of it.
0: Something hypocritical about the EPA, uh, before I got into trucking, which is you're the reason why I got into it, I had a small business in the Virginia area doing the inflatable playgrounds for birthday parties, and the EPA was one of my customers. I had it delivered to them every year at a park, and they would request four or five generators for their event instead of finding a place that had electricity that didn't use generators. And those are the three things that were made
2: generator Uh, and we could go on and on and on about the hypocrisy you know it's okay for us as business owners to have to deal with the faulty technology we know there are problems with the epa emissions but the federal government doesn't do that they their trucks are manufactured without emissions because they say that those trucks are mission critical and we can't afford to have them breaking down well, you know what? My business is mission critical and I can't afford to have that truck breaking down either.
0: I understand. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate the the input. And like I said, I'm still debating on what to do. You know, I might just keep this truck for another year and hopefully nothing breaks. I still might get it tuned regardless. Then, uh, I just sell it by the kit next spring, you know, yeah. off, I'm enjoying not having a payment, but I have a friend of mine I mentioned to you last month that spent $30,000 on replacing PPSs on the downtime for this point, And, uh, you know, I don't want to deal with that it's
2: just too much. Yeah. Yep. yep. I agree. Hey, great stuff. We will, uh, thanks for the call. I'm going to get to Maryland. Judd, welcome to the program.
4: Yes. Uh, Kevin, this is Judd. Uh, I got a question about gears on a uh, truck I've bought recently. It's a used truck. It's 94. Okay. Um, I'm going to use it in a heavy haul situation. It has a series 60 D deck, uh I'm kind of curious about what the maximum torque and, the, and horsepower settings would be on that particular engine. Uh, uh, it seems to run pretty good, but I don't think it's set to the maximum specs. Uh, it has um, an 8-speed double-low transmission also Okay. with 433 gear ratios. Uh, currently runs the uh, 11245 5 rubber I'm also considering swapping it to 11 5 to uh, increase uh, torque to the ground type situation. Um, I'm wondering how much that will change the uh, top speed of the truck, so to speak.
1: Well,
2: that changes uh, about 75 RPM. What I would recommend, though, well, it's kind of a toss-up. It's hard to say. It, it, you're probably better off, if you're going to make that change, the eleven, the low pro twenty four five, is the same size as a tall twenty two, as an eleven R twenty two. So you could achieve the same gearing without changing rims. The, it, it's kind of a toss up which one actually has better rolling resistance because the twenty four five we're shortening the sidewall, which improves rolling resistance. On the twenty two five, we're going to a smaller, lighter. Uh, circumference which also improves rolling resistance so it's kind of a wash and you're probably better off in your case to, to keep the 24-5 rim and just go to a low profile tire now where we're going to run into some issues is right now you're already geared really low and you know at 430s any, any tire size change is probably going to be negative Um, You said heavy haul. Give me an idea of what the operation is going to look like. How much weight, what part of the country, that kind of stuff.
4: Oh, I would say Northeast mostly. Uh, Last load was 118,000 gross weight. So... Yeah.
2: What, what, what kind of speeds are we talking about? I would have to believe that your average speeds are, are barely going to be out of the low to mid forties. If we look at average speed, just because of the part of the country you're running and the kind of weight, would that be about accurate? Uh
4: yeah, especially on the two lane roads, we end up, uh, governed by speed on permit loads in some States, the 55. And in some States we're not allowed to run with the traffic. Um, it has a tendency to, the, the lower the gears, the smaller the tires, the faster the engine runs, the more power you get to the ground, the easier it is to let the engine breathe and do the job. I'm just curious how much of a difference in speed it's going to change. I do have the 22.5 rims available. It's not a okay. question of
2: uh, rims.
4: rims and all.
2: Well, like I say, it, it, it's... there. The speed, we can go whatever speed we want. It's just a matter of what will the RPM be at that speed. I mean, we can run that engine at 2,000 RPM all day long. It wouldn't hurt anything. I mean, it's designed to run like that. It's not good for fuel economy. That's too high. You know, really, we wouldn't want to see the RPMs on a consistent basis, much over 1,600. So right. again, that tire size change, whatever you're seeing right now for RPMs, it's gonna go up by about seventy five at any given speed.
4: Okay. I'll uh more than likely make the swap. I've gotten to the point where it's a double frame truck in the East Coast, we're allowed to run anywhere from forty six to fifty two thousand, with the exception of Tennessee. And uh uh, it will uh, definitely make a difference climbing hills to drop down a little bit. I believe.
2: Yeah, you know what I, you know what I would do on this truck, and you need to check with them because I'm not completely sure they actually have it for a D deck 2. But if I had this truck, I would have a power box on it. You know the gearing was- is gonna a little, but gearing honestly, every time you drop a gear, you're changing your gearing. You know, so changing a tire size is going to help a little bit. All it's really going to do, though, is, is maybe make it to where you don't have to drop another gear for another 30 or 45 seconds. It's not going to be a huge change. But in an operation like this, we're very heavy and and you tend to be doing what i would consider more regional than long haul it, that part of the country doing a lot of stop and going. and there's traffic there's congestion having the the almost unlimited torque and horsepower out of the power box that you can dial in when you want it zero if you want it off you know one through 7 or 8 all tons of power and torque and the the Series 60 responds really well to that. So it, it's something I would consider in that operation. I think you would see a half mile per gallon fuel mileage improvement as well. So it would pay for itself in six months. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back, up Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. I'm going to get to a couple more calls before we've got to wrap this up. I do want to talk about though. Uh, I said we're testing sleep devices, and uh, there's uh, one sleep device uh, made by a company called Resmed. It's an S Plus. It sits next to your bed. You don't have to. and that one I'm very impressed with. Uh, I'm also tracking the wearables, the Fitbit, the Jawbone, the iFit, those kind of things, and. To me, they're they're just not nearly as accurate when it comes to sleep. I don't get all the detail. So the other day, somebody sent me a message and said, hey, good morning. America is doing a review of sleep devices. So I went and looked real quick. And sure enough, they were testing the same devices I was testing, except they added another very cool step they compared their results to a full blown sleep lab at stanford university and i thought this is what i want to know i can test the devices against each other but how do they compare to you know full blown you know hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment in a sleep lab so i'm watching the the segment on good morning america and they first started off by saying We tested it for total sleep time. You know, when did we fall asleep? When did we wake up? What was the total sleep time? The ResMed was actually pretty accurate compared to the lab. The wearables, not so much. Uh, So then they went on to the next thing was how many times you woke up. And on the ResMed, the person woke up like four times, but on the, the lab equipment, it showed what they called 25 wake events. Now, I don't, that seems really, really sensitive. It's probably good information, but so the ResMed was, you know, pretty significantly off on how many times you wake up. So then they said that the, these devices can also check deep sleep, light sleep, REM sleep, and I wanted to see the accuracy. Well, the segment ends. They didn't tell us how well it did on all those stats. I I was staring at the screen thinking, are they done? The most important information I wanted to get from the study, and they didn't tell me the answer, and, and they didn't have it anywhere. I went online. They didn't have it. What is with that? 24-hour news channels. We're nothing but news all day long, and we have multiple channels. How many of those do we have now? I don't know, 10, 15? All this time to report the news, they repeat stuff over and over and over and over, and yet they wouldn't take two more minutes on this segment to give me the real information. And you know why? It's because as a society, we don't want to know that much. We just 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 hit us with the surface. You know, we don't want to have to think. We have the attention span of a gnat. And because of that, this is what the media feeds us. They feed us what we want. But I want more. So that's why I don't watch news. Um, I'll just go do the research myself. I'll go read. I'll figure it out. I I just thought that was insane that they didn't take a couple more minutes to give us the important information. Let's go to... New Jersey, Jason, welcome to the program.
3: Hey, Kevin. Hey, you know that's why I listen to nPR You get better stories, full information, and its just, it's a totally different media
2: I agree that that I just thought that was so ridiculous. you know, you know you've got twenty four hours a day. you repeat the same stupid stuff over and over. But you never that they never dig deep into anything. It is just the surface of everything, and they repeat it over and over and over.
3: And especially the media up in New Hampshire, where I'm from, all they talk about is murder. You know, it reminds me of the movie Murder, Death Kills. You know, yeah. it's all you see is somebody getting hurt. And, you know what? I'm I'm sick of the negative stuff. You know, so yeah, I agree. Anyway, good- I was wondering. I'm sorry.
2: The good news is in today's world, we have much, much more opportunity to choose our own media now
3: yes, very very true there There's a plethora so um one of the I have a quick question, a couple of comments uh How do I listen to the program getting recorded live so on the website didn't find anything after finding your uh, network on there, and Lisa had an idea about the player and we couldn't figure that one out either. Do you have an idea
2: uh, well, I'm not sure I'm understanding the question yet
3: the you
2: want to be able to be on the show as we're recording it, correct?
3: I want to be able to listen online rather than burning up cell minutes
2: got it the the really the only way to do that right now is on the website blog talk radio itself
1: okay. So I found if,
3: your network on there Lisa sent me to, but there was no way to listen live.
2: There is when the show is on. Were you trying today while we were live? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me change that. See, we do two different types of recorded shows we do the recorded show like this that is designed to be, it's going on Sirius and XM. We're we're just pre-recording our Sirius XM shows. When we do that, because that content is for Sirius XM, I have to mark that show private so that it's not being blasted across the internet because it's exclusive content for Sirius XM. When we we do podcasting, Like our other shows, and and I do, you know, questions from the Audio Road. I do the Road Scholar. When we do those, we most of the time, and I'm going to tell you some exceptions. Most of the time, we make that available live, right from the minute we start recording. The exception is when we launch a new show, we mark the first ten shows private. Until we get 10 shows finished, then we release them all. Then all the shows after that would be available live as well.
3: So that makes sense for a little bit of flexibility. Sure.
2: Yeah. And and it has to do with the ratings thing. You know, our our big challenge right now is how do we monetize this network? I mean, I've got about a two year plan that if I can't get this thing monetized in 24 months, we're going to have a struggle. I mean, I, I can finance it for two years. But at some point we have to start at least covering costs. And then ultimately I'd like to make some money for all the time and investment risk. And and the best way for us to do that right now is just to get a lot of listens. We just need to get good ratings. And so I'm, I'm telling everybody this because the the way they can help us and it doesn't cost them anything, just listen to our show. I mean, if you like it, keep listening. If you don't like it, obviously don't listen, but if you like it, help us out and support it and go listen to it because that's how we'll be able to attract uh, money to this thing so we can keep it going. So by, by releasing 10 shows all at once, it helps run our rankings up in iTunes and helps gets us more listens.
3: Gotcha. 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 Okay. Um, Actually uh, continuing on the podcast topic, have you found a host to go with Bruce Mallinson?
2: Um, I believe we have a couple possibilities. Have you talked to Lisa at all about it yet?
3: I didn't. I didn't think about it until you got talking about this section of it. So, um, cause yeah, I mean, I actually, when I went out to your CMC in Cleveland in 2009, on my way back, I stopped at Pittsburgh Power and I ended up talking with Bruce. He invited me home to his house for dinner that night. And I, I was know. so impressed with that man. It's just unbelievable. I'll
2: tell you what I'm going to do. I'll put you back on hold. Uh, Lisa can pick up. Like I say, we have a couple possibilities, uh, but I really want to move forward on that because that's the next show I want to kick off. We've got Mike Beckett's show going. I want to get Bruce up uh, and running as well, and we do need a a co-host to work with Bruce. Uh, Let's go to Florida. Kurt, welcome to the program.
3: Hey, Kevin, uh, quick question for you. I did uh, go ahead and purchase a trailer new to me, and uh, it's got some uh, less than perfect tires on it. So uh, it's got some other good stuff to it, though, but really wanted to throw some, uh, you know, nice wide singles on there just like I have on my truck. And so I think I missed some stuff here. Is it the XTE now? And, uh, And that's first question. Second question is, do trailers get aligned?
2: Yes. Trailers do get aligned. Now, the interesting thing about trailer alignment is that because of the dynamics of a trailer, the axles can be kind of pointed totally in the wrong direction and you won't really get any funny tire wear because what it does is the trailer will just sidetrack or, or, or uh, dog leg. Uh, there's several terms used for it, but the axle will end up going down the road straight. So if you picture that, if you turn the axle, the axle won't drag down the road. The trailer will scoot to the side so that the axle is now running down the road perfectly straight.
1: Gotcha. So, okay. so I mean, they have to align, align it. To each other, basically.
2: Yeah, you align it mostly just so that it follows right behind you, but it really doesn't have much effect on tire wear. Um, I, I wish, and I believe it's now the the X1 line Energy T is the trailer tire that I'm now recommending. Um, that's the I believe that one is out. I might have to go double-check that. Uh, but you can also just go check for the lowest rolling resistance wide single trailer tire on Michelin site. That's probably what I'm always recommending. I'm all out of time. Thanks for joining me today. I've got to get out of here. Be safe. Be profitable. Do the hard work. And master the journey. Good night, everyone. I'm Kevin Robinson.
0: for tuning in to the audio road if you have any questions give us a call at 855-800-FUEL that's 855-800-3835 check out the website at let and find us on facebook.com slash let's truck